0: Good Monday, everyone. It's good to have you with me today. Well, we have been talking about the importance of following through. Follow-through in sports is that continuous action of the club after contact is made with the ball. And we have learned it's the follow-through that determines the trajectory of the ball. And so, as it is in sports, so it is in life. Our success is determined by our follow-through. And Jesus taught this very much in the scripture. We've been talking about it last week. He talked about the two sons. When their father asked them to do something, the first one said no, but then he went. The other one said he would go, but then he didn't go. And Jesus said it's the one that followed through that did the will of the father. Our problem, though, is that we have a hard time following through. We can have a soft heart, we can make commitments, we can have good intentions, but if we don't follow through, it's not going to be of any benefit to us. Jesus gave a great insight in Mark chapter 14 and verse 32. It was the time when he was in Gethsemane and he was praying and he asked his disciples to pray with him. In fact, it said to watch and pray. He went a little further, he prayed, and he came back, but he found his disciples sleeping. So he roused them and he said, listen, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now here is our problem. We have a willing spirit. We have a heart that would like to do things, but our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak in its ability to follow through. These disciples were called to come and to pray with the Lord just before he was going to be arrested and go to the cross. He needed their prayer and support. They needed to pray for themselves because he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. But they slept. Why did they sleep? Well, the Bible says because their eyes were heavy. They were just human. It was the end of the day. They were tired. They didn't want to go to sleep. But because they weren't intentional about staying awake and doing the task that the Lord had asked them to do, they fell asleep. Not just once, but three times. And the Lord keeps coming back to them and rousing them to say, Listen, watch and pray. And so we shared last time that there is a need for us to watch, to be vigilant. When someone was on a watch, They were to look out and to be sure the enemy couldn't come in and attack them. And so it is as we are about the business of the Lord and doing the things that we know he wants us to do, the things that we want to do, the things that we know will bring us success. We need to watch. We need to make sure we are alert that we're not falling asleep. Jesus gave the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise. And five were foolish. The five foolish ones when they were waiting for the bridegroom to come fell asleep. This whole area of sleeping, not being alert, not being aware, not being vigilant is very very important. We even find in Nehemiah's time who was an Old Testament character who was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and as he was about this the enemy, Sanballat and Tobiah, made threats against them that they were going to come in and tear down their work. And it says in Nehemiah 4 and verse 9, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. A watch. When Jesus said to the disciples, Watch and pray, he was saying, Yes, it's necessary for you to pray But it's also necessary for you to be watchful, for you to be vigilant. In other words, in the garden, those disciples to stay awake should have gotten up. They should have walked around. They should have talked to one another. They needed to do whatever was necessary to stay awake so they could pray. But they were weak in their flesh. And this again is our problem. Not the willingness, not the first commitment, but to follow through on the things that we should do. The weakness in our flesh causes us to procrastinate. We become distracted. We get carried away with other things. And Jesus taught this truth in many ways. He gave a parable of a man who went out and sowed in a field. And he said some of the seed fell on wayside soil. Some fell on stony soil. Some fell on thorny soil and some fell on good soil. And he said the ones that fell on thorny soil sprang up, but then the weeds choked them out so that they didn't bear any fruit. Many times the word of God comes to us, and we respond, and it takes root in our lives, and it starts to grow, it starts to produce something. But then other things come in. The weeds, and Jesus said the weeds were the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches. And they choke out the good seed that's growing. So we need to be vigilant. When God plants something in our lives, we need to be careful that we don't get distracted just by the things of life, just by trying to make more money. We need to set our heart on God and weed out those things so that the good seed can grow up. Now, I'm using biblical examples here of seed and soil and so forth, but just think about your own life. The things that you know God wants you to do, the things he's planted in your heart, and you start to do it, but then things come in. We become distracted, and we don't follow through. We don't do the things, and as a result, we don't carry through. We don't accomplish the things that God desires. And so over and over again, we see the same problem. Our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. So how do we actually overcome this? Well, let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gave this message, principles of life, things that we should do. And then he ended the message by saying, if you hear these things and you do them, you're like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. And when the floods come, The house will stand and will not fall but if you hear these words of mine and you don't do them you're like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand and then when the storm comes the house falls now luke records the same teaching of jesus with one additional fact he said it's like a wise man who digs down through the dirt and places his house upon a rock Now, this added piece to the parable speaks to me. Not only are we to build our house on the rock, but in order to do that, we need to move aside some dirt so that we can put our house on the rock. Now, what is the dirt? The dirt is just the natural elements of life. It's just our flesh. It's all those things that separate us from actually doing what we ought to do. Jesus said, if you hear these words and you do them, it's like a man who digs down through the dirt, removes it, then puts their house on a rock. If we're going to be successful in our spiritual endeavors, we need to deal with some natural elements so that spiritual realities can be established. Now, how do we do that? How do we dig down through this? Well, we need some tools We need some tools that will remove the dirt so that we can get down to the solid rock. Now, let me bring in another incident that relates to this. In the Old Testament, Moses was leading the children of Israel to the promised land. And as they were traveling, there were this group of people, the Amalekites, who were constantly harassing them. They would make raids upon them from the back and pick off the weakest and the most vulnerable of the people. And finally, God tells Moses to fight against the Amalekites. And so he tells Joshua to get an army and to fight against them. Now the story is recorded in Exodus 17 and verse 10. Let me just read it for you. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Now let's just stop there for a moment. God has told Israel to fight against Amalek. When Moses is on the mountain with his hands lifted up, the battle goes for Israel. But when Moses lets his hands down, the battle goes against Israel. So as long as Moses has his hands up, Israel is winning. But Moses' hands keep falling down. Why? Because he didn't want to hold them up? No. It was just because of the weakness of his flesh. It harkens back to what Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Moses wanted to hold his hands up, but his flesh was weak. Now, how did they overcome this? Well, it says in verse 12, But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The victory was won that day because they did some things to help Moses overcome the weakness of his flesh. What did they do? they put him on a stone. They sat him down on a stone. And then Aaron and Hur came one on each side and held his hands up. I want you to see that the victory that Israel accomplished in the valley, Joshua fighting, was won because of some practical things that Moses did to overcome the weakness of his flesh. He sat on a stone and two men held his arms up. Now, many times we don't see the importance of this. We think, no, no, the victory is won because God's power was released through Joshua and the army. And that's true, it was. God was with Joshua. But how was that released? Because Moses, as a person in the type of prayer, was on the mountain praying. But he got tired, and he couldn't hold his hands up just as the disciples in the garden wanted to pray with Jesus, but became tired and fell asleep. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we need to overcome the weakness of our flesh by doing some practical things to overcome our weakness. Now I see that that's all the time we have for today. But tomorrow I want to go on and I want to share some practical tools that will strengthen our flesh so that we can do the things that our spirit is willing to do. Till then, I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. Take note that we are now meeting again in person at 9.30 and 30. We are limited to 30% capacity and are following all the recommended protocols. We are also continuing our online service at 10.30. Be sure to join us for one of these services. To learn more about us, check out our website at kwcf.org. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.